So, Trey, man, before we get to anything, obviously it's been a while since we've recorded. Um, a lot of stuff has happened in the sports world, but more importantly, a lot of things have happened in the real world. So, you know, obviously our original podcast, for those who've been paying attention, our very first one was in reference to the George Floyd, um, at that time, his murder. Um, now, fast forward over a year later, you know, we just had the, the trial. Obviously, um, Mr. Chauvin was convicted guilty on all three counts. Obviously, we got sentencing and a little while from now, I'm thinking about two months. But Trash, I want to get your overall reaction uh, to the trial. I know, know how we, we both have similar feelings about how it happened, but the feelings about the trial and just how that parallels with, obviously, the killing of Dante Wright in the same in the same state. Um, You know, obviously, um, I think that I, at least myself, you know, put out most of my feelings on that situation about, you know, almost a year ago at this time, I think, like you said, the very first episode of the podcast, so I'm not going to be too long-winded on it, but um, I am happy that he was found guilty because truth be told, I was expecting an innocent vote. Um, obviously, you know, it's a sad situation because uh, George Floyd, regardless of um, Derek Chauvin being found guilty of his murder, you know, he's not coming back, so um, those are two lives that are just lost in the process. So um, I think, you know, obviously it's a sad situation. And then um, going forward, obviously we still see um, other incidents of police shooting and police violence all across the nation, including Minneapolis. So I think um, obviously we know we still need to have um, a lot of things to do to um, improve our relations with um, law enforcement. And when I say our relations, I mean all Americans' relations with law enforcement. Uh, the way we're police, obviously there's a lot of room for improvement, but um. Uh, I think this is a step in the right direction. It is a small step, but I think it's a step in the right direction. Uh, how do you feel about it? I feel similar, man. I try to remain optimistic with a lot of these things. Obviously, I'd be lying if I said that I expected him to be found guilty because we just I feel like we're kind of conditioned at this point with all the things that have happened in the past. Um, and situations like this have come up and people were kind of let off the hook here and there wasn't accountability for their actions. I feel like a, a small sense of relief, like finally, but not even a full sense of relief because one, it's so hard to really even have a celebratory mood because one, you can't bring the life back. And if for anybody wondering why black people are not super celebratory, I'll, I can tell you some reasons why. One, you can't bring the life back. Two, the irony of this, in, this entire situation is, is that we're, this is, there's a trial happening and literally in the same state that the trial is happening, we have another killing like that. You know what I mean? And it's like, you can't even, you know, I don't know. It's just very hard to, to grasp that happening. And then three, we still got the sentencing, man. And I know he's convicted and I know that is a big deal, but I, I still, sometimes I feel like it shouldn't be that big of a deal that the right thing was done. Like should the right thing should always be done here, right? If you murder someone, you should be convicted, but we'll see what the sentencing happens. That's going to be almost just as important of a day because I can definitely see some uproar happening. If, you know, a lot of our opinions is he should be sentenced for in an, an entire lifetime. I think it's pretty safe to say. So we'll see at what happens here. And obviously Trey, we know there's a lot of politics that goes into it, how people are sentenced and things like that, which we, won't go into too much detail on on the pod, but I think it's just important to note um, 
that something monumental did happen, but I don't really want to see people being convicted for killing black people anymore. I just actually just don't want to see black people being killed. So I think yeah, that's I like agree the, with that sentiment. I think that's the best way I can kind of put it there, man. But I did want to shift to something uh, smaller. I just wanted to get that off the table here. I don't know if I know we didn't discuss this either real quick, but uh, part of it got me thinking. Did you hear about the Kobe, um, the Nike deal and him? Oh, yeah. No I, being I, with Nike? Did you have any feelings on that? Because, I mean, I was a little conf- I w- Well, I was on the, the side of Kobe. I, I just wanted to see what you thought about that and him them severing ties. I know it's a business thing, but. Oh, I mean, it wasn't like, I guess the way I was looking at it, it wasn't like Kobe was always with Nike. Remember, he was with Reebok early on in his career. Oh, was it Adidas? Adidas, yeah. Yeah, it was Adidas early on in his career. So, I mean, it's not like like Michael Jordan or somebody that's been with Nike the whole time. You know what I mean? So, how about you feel like, but what do you hear when you feel like you hear some of the details about he was kind of, they were being a little bit lowballed and things like that? Yeah. I want to preface my comments correctly. So, well, while guess, you preface it, I, I'll, I'll mention this. The reason I say that is because his shoe, like his shoes are still selling. They're still going to sell. They're going to sell, unfortunately sell even more because of his untimely death. And it's like, I just feel like Nike yeah, but wasn't for how really long? Thought- That's what I'm coming at. I'm just looking at a business from a business standpoint. For how okay. long are they going to continue to sell like that? But I mean, okay. Now, this is going a little broad. But when you think about signature shoes there's only like there's less than 10 signature shoes that people really wear from an athlete yeah from, from a basketball player so like and and kobe's and out of the ones that are that the only ones that are iconic athletes or that have a shoe is let's say it's jordan it's kobe and lebron that's it like those are the only ones that are iconic right so yeah. it's like kobe's are always now i understand they're not like jordan's because jordan's got retros and things like that but but I mean, Kobe's, LeBron's not like Jordan's either. Nobody's like Jordan. Right, right. But what I'm saying is, people are were always wearing Kobe's even after he retired before his death. I just think that, if anything, it should sell more after is you know, unfortunately for like I said, his untimely death. But I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with you. But I'm just saying they did a ten year deal. It would sell for like the next three or four years. I guess it's how Nike's looking at it. But after that. You know, unfortunately, the, the truth is Kobe's faces isn't going to be out there. He's not going to be. His name just not right. going to be as recognizable, unfortunately. So, you know, from a business standpoint, I could kind of see where they were coming from. But the thing is, my whole thing is, from what we've heard, like, don't come off from a contract and lowball them. That's disrespectful. Like, don't do that. Don't, don't, but like, don't, don't come lowball with the contract. And because you're not respecting that estate. And not that they're trying to purposely disrespect Kobe. I'm not, I wouldn't say that they were trying and to. It might have just been a business deal. Like, they were like, hey, we want to end this, but we don't want to just, come out flat out and tell you we're going to end it. So we're just going to... Oh, you think it might be a business play? Lowball you so that you can kind of leave so it's not on us to be like... I don't know, man. I mean, that's a possibility, but I just don't see why why, why not give that estate a lifetime, Kobe, a lifetime deal. Now, you don't have to get the lifetime deal LeBron has as far as because he can obviously put his face out there and do these things, but like, if anyone deserves a lifetime deal, wouldn't it be Kobe? Like, who else is going to deserve a lifetime? Even him not being here, as iconic as Kobe is. Yeah, but somebody that's passed, I don't see. The, I don't. I don't. I don't care. I don't. Nobody that's that's passed. I don't think he's getting a lifetime deal. I don't know, well, man. If I anybody, mean, if anybody's good, it's him. Even think about it, and I'm gonna leave it at this. But how does that even work contractually? 
Well, the estate obviously makes the decisions. Yeah, but then how long does that last? Is it like Vanessa or does if something happens to her, do the kids pick up? Are you like, just like talking about 150 years from now? You're talking about like... Yeah, like that just gets tangled. I get it. But the, I mean, I think that the way it's going to be... Okay, fine. Maybe not a lifetime deal. But... I feel but like I see what you're going. I see what yeah, you're yeah, coming yeah. Maybe not left it because you're right. Because then you kind of get it gets like a really gray area there. I don't know that that that's definitely that's definitely interesting. I I don't know. We might have to put that one out there too in a poll because I mean a lot of people are probably going to say yeah because who's going to say no right to it's Kobe. But um, I don't know, man. But the last thing I wanted to bring up, Trey, is the Hubert Davis story. And for those, I'll fill people in real quick. Who those who don't know, Hubert Davis, former basketball player. He has, he's an African American basketball player. He former professional. He is the now the coach of the North Carolina Tar Heels. And I don't know if a lot of people know Trey, but North Carolina, like being a black coach in North Carolina, is actually like a super big deal for just the history of like the state and things like that. And there's a lot of details. But for people that don't know, if you're listening, it would be a, it's a big deal. It's not just like a black coach being in Wyoming or something like this is a big deal. So he's the first black coach in North Carolina history and the school's history. So it's a big deal. Uh, for those who know, he had a, he had a press conference and something interesting was said, and I'll actually read his quote. So he was basically asked a question um, along the lines of like how it feels to be, you know, the first African-American coach in um, the school's history, things like that, obviously being a minority. And he said, I quote, I know that it is significant. I know that it is significant that I'm the fourth African-American head coach in any sport in the history of the University of North Carolina. I'm very proud to be African-American, but I'm also very proud that my wife is white. And I'm also very proud that my three very beautiful, unbelievable kids are a combination of us. (laughs) That's right. I got thoughts. Your thoughts, your reaction to that when you when you saw it, first reaction. My first reaction was just a double take. I had to read it again, but I'm going to try to be nice. <laughs> right. And I'm going to benefit of the doubt and just say that he didn't word that very well. I mean, obviously he didn't, but, my thing but is, I don't think he, what, what would be I don't the think point? he had bad intentions. I, okay. He didn't, he might not have bad intentions, but I'm really confused to be like, I if, if, if you miss, if you were trying to say something else, what would, what would you be trying to say here? Like, I'm not understanding the goal to accomplish. I guess what my thing is, and this is just my personal opinion. What he was trying to say is, Hey, I'm proud to be the first African American coach of this historical basketball team, but I really don't want to make this a race issue because obviously I'm married to somebody that's of a different race. So to me, it's not really a race issue right here. I think but, that's how he was trying to frame. But if you frame it that way, I'm offended. I'm offended being black. Okay, you might be offended, just but I it it what do you ca- mean? It, it came it off is, a little bit. It's a huge deal, and it doesn't and it doesn't take away from it being not, not a huge deal. J- well, this is to Hubert Davis, if if he's ever going to listen to this. If it is a huge deal, like, it is a huge deal. Obviously, he said it's significant, so he knows that it's a huge deal. But what does that have to do? Like, if your wife is white, great. Like, that, if your kids are a combination of both of you guys, great. But that you can't not say it's not a big deal and try to downplay it just because your wife is white. Like, what, what were you afraid of? Your wife was going to feel some type of way. Like, your wife knows you're black. I got news for you. I don't know if you've noticed, but she knows. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying oh, this is what I think he was trying to do to kind of downplay it a little bit. Now, should he been downplaying it? No, I mean, own up to it. Be happy about it. But that's not, I'm not in that man's body. I'm just saying that's what I think he was doing. I just don't understand the goal. Like, I'm just, and I know what you're saying, 
I just don't understand the goal of even like I could understand if we just he just minced his words and he meant to say something else, but whatever he would have meant to say, like it just doesn't make sense here. Like it just made it just is unnecessarily awkward now. Like in this press conference, I'm just like, what? Like what do you even like? You, you think about this, Trey. Not only was that it's not a lot of situations where you, well no there is, but that situation made white people awkward. That made black people awkward. It just made a lot. It just made everybody awkward. Like it was like what? What does that even mean? Like, I mean you didn't like it was so unnecessary to even state that. Like, you didn't even, we don't, great. Like, I'm just confused. But, so, unfortunately now, you know I'm going to be tuning in to his press conferences. I got, because I couldn't be a reporter and not ask any follow-ups. Like, I'd be the annoying reporter, like, after the games. You know when, like, guys don't want to talk about certain things and then they still go around to ask it in a different way? Yeah, I'm that guy. I'm, I'm going to be referencing <laughs> that. I'm going to be referencing that two months into the season for North Carolina. And they just, they just had a hard-fought game against Duke and they won. I'm referencing that. Like, that's, that's just me. I can't. I can't, but you know, I'm not going to be too, too harsh on him. I mean, things happen, you know, you were in the limelight. Um, well, in this case, not a lot of light. If you've seen the press conference, it was very dark, which is another story for a different day. I'm not sure what the lighting <laughs> was so bad in there, but I mean, they're not used to it. <laughs> right. So, um, yeah, man. So let's actually go to break real quick. And I, I got a bunch of stuff to discuss upcoming. We got, we're going to do an NFL draft. Uh, you know, everybody's seen a lot of mock drafts, so we're going to do our small version of it and just discuss some things to look forward to upcoming on Thursday. And then, of course, we'll get into some NBA talk as well. All right. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Interesting Enough. If you're just joining us, he is Trey Samuel. I'm Nolan Todd. Of course, like and subscribe. We are on all streaming platforms. So, Trey, the NFL draft's coming up. So I thought it would have been, we thought it would have been a great idea. So finally, we've been putting this off for a while doing the mock drafts because we've, I've seen about a hundred mock drafts, Trey, in the last like week and a half. Yeah. So I can, I can probably predict the entire first round at this point, like without even trying. So I don't want to do it traditionally. I don't want to do a, we're just picking the top five picks or anything like that. If there's something concerning you with the draft, I want to bring it up. You should bring it up, and I want to discuss it because I know I got a thing or two that I'm I'm kind of interested by, but I want to hear anything you've got about it because we haven't talked about it too much. We've kind of I feel like we've purposely not touched the, the NFL draft topic without just being we didn't want to just be those guys. It's always just talking about something that's way too far away. No, I'm I'm happy like you said we didn't want to um, be talking about something that's uh, was so far away at the time, but I'm happy we had this opportunity now because I do have one pressing comment or question that I have. When did the rise of Mac Jones happen? I mean, I'm not saying that he's not a, he didn't have he had a phenomenal mm. year, but all of a sudden he's like a top three pick, not quarterback pick. Listen, I mean, after one great year, hold on, after one great year, because last year you mm-hmm. know he came in halfway through the season after Tua got injured, and what I mean it wasn't like he played great, but he didn't play bad either. I mean, he had one great year, but then you have Najee Harris, Jalen Waddle, Devontae Smith, like you have all these options. On the offensive side of the ball, of course you're gonna look good. So I just this top three pick. I mean, people have him above, you know, Justin Fields. Some of them have him above. Um, even I saw some, very few, but some that had him above the uh, BYU quarterback. What's his name? Zach Wilson. Yeah, Zach Wilson. Some have had him above Zach Wilson. Mm. And I'm just thinking, like, where, where did this rise come from? So it's like really crazy the Mac Jones thing, and that was actually one of the things I want to discuss. I was more on the Justin Fields tip, like why he was falling so much. And I, I, 
I, but I think know, those are, I think those are kind of connected. Yeah, they're kind of connected, right? It's because when you look at the draft, obviously we know Trevor Lawrence is going to go number one to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Two is probably going to be Zach Wilson from just a lot of the stuff we hear with the Jets. So really the draft, we could just be real. It starts at three. Yeah. That's when you start getting interesting. And obviously the 49ers traded up. I mean, I just think sometimes we just overlook it too much. Like, first of all, I don't know if you know this about me, but I'm not a pro day guy. I don't care to watch guys throwing t-shirts and shorts because I can really get, I can see a hundred guys throwing t-shirts and shorts and they can sling the ball around. It looks great. By the way, for people that don't know anything about the pro day, it's actually something that is scheduled and planned. And like, they're, they're not just like picking random spots to throw it in. They're actually, they've actually practiced the pro day before the pro day. So it's kind of like, it's even more difficult. Like it doesn't, it's not a great representation for me what's going to happen in the game because things in the game are just going to happen out of nowhere, right? Anyway, the Mac Jones thing is like, you, you get the Tom Brady thing I hear a lot. And if, obviously that is so unfair to Mac Jones, to be fair. Like you can't compare a guy to Tom Brady, but it, it's like you hear this thing, system quarterback. You hear this thing like, oh, he can do this. He's very smart, things like that. And I'm just like, then I get a little confused. I'm like, well, why can't Justin Fields fit in the system? Why isn't Justin Fields smart? I mean, these, sta- these same mantras that you hear about a black quarterback. And I'm not saying that people are doing this purposefully, but like they don't actually realize that this is like kind of an implicit bias that they do when it comes to black quarterbacks. Oh, what about Justin Fields? Um, you know, he's not the first one in practice. So he's the first one to leave. Right, right, right. It's like, okay, so I get everything that's going on. First of all, who is saying that? Because I haven't heard any teammate or coaches say that. Yeah, I'm about to say they, they had two years to say that. So I mean, they the, the, the guys that you mean the guys that are actually in the facility. No one's actually saying that. Two, um, Trey, the last time you turned on the tape or watched any Ohio State games, Justin Fields is balling. He outplayed Trevor Lawrence, the number one pick, while getting the shot in the ribs and threw six touchdowns. I didn't see Mac Jones do that. I saw Mac Jones throw to Devontae Smith, who had the best, oh, what the best season for a receiver in college football history. Yeah, guys that were running wide open. No, not the takeaway from Matt Jones. I don't want to make it disparaging. Hey, no, 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 that, that's not a disrespect. I don't want yeah. to come off his. No but disrespect. it's just, it's, it's just what you. it is. Like it's just what it is when you come with those guys. You're just playing with that elite talent. Ohio State has elite talent too. But we saw Justin Fields go through adversity. Now, Trey, I bet you've probably heard this too. They talk about the Justin Fields things like, oh, he didn't play well against Northwestern and like Indiana in those two games. Here's what people don't know: Northwestern when they played them. They actually had an All-American safety and an All-American corner, one of which is actually going to be drafted in the first round. So it's like he was going to get some NFL guys. Like, let's not make this act like this was like Louisiana Lafayette or something crazy. So, like, no disrespect to them, but you know what I mean? So I just get confused with that, and it's like I think we're overthinking the Justin Fields thing. It's like, oh, he doesn't do certain things. He doesn't fit in a system. Well, it's like, well, you know what happens? You know who doesn't fit in a system? Lamar Jackson. And you know what all Lamar Jackson does? Win games. So And win an and, and uh, and NFL MVP. Right, and just winning an NFL MVP. It's like, and Lamar, and you know, and Justin Fields is a lot better passer than than even Lamar Jackson. So that point doesn't even really hold water when people say that. I think what's going to happen with the Mac Jones thing is Kyle Shanahan has a guy. If, if you, here's the thing if Kyle Shanahan traded up to the number three pick to get Mac Jones, I, I just, I'm not even believing it because it's like, there's no way he could have done that because at this point, before that even happened, he could have actually got Mac Jones not at number three. He was already going to fall further down. But you know what's weird about it now? From yeah. all the conversation I've been hearing recently, it's not even if he takes Mac Jones at number three. It was a um, decision between Mac Jones and Trey Lance. Like, it's not – Justin Fields is pretty much out of the conversation for number three. Like, he's not even there. Right, which is crazy. Yeah, and I just thought that was kind of awkward, too, because no, no, no disrespect to Trey Lance, but, I mean, the dude – Played one game last college, year. Yeah. <laughs> Play one game, he sat out. He like he did not play in the college football playoffs. Right. We don't have two years of tape on, on him against some of the best teams in the nation. Yeah. Not saying that he's not going to be successful. 
But obviously, we've seen a lot more of Justin Fields. But I think also that's a downside to him because we've seen so much of him. You know, we could just start picking, uh, picking him to parts. Oh, he doesn't do this. He doesn't do that. You know, if you watch somebody too long, you know, you always start to see the negative. And I think, unfortunately, um, Justin Fields is kind of succumbing to, uh, to that a little bit. Now, I know we could probably agree on this here. Most of these quarterbacks, look, if there's four quarterbacks going in the first round, let's just call it what it is. There's going to be one that's going to be a star. There's going to be one that's going to be pretty good. And then there's going to be one that's going to be a flat-out bust. And there's probably going to be a guy yeah. that's going to be all right. Like, like it's just going to happen. That's the hard part. We can probably say safe to say that we don't know if Trevor Lawrence is going to be the star or not, but he's not going to be the bust. Like, we can probably just – Yeah, yeah, he's that. not going to be the bust. But, but – Trevor Lawrence might not be going to the best situation either because we got Aaron Meyer. Mm. We don't, what I mean, what's he going to look like in the NFL? And Jacksonville, you know, they've been a perennially bad team. I know they had a couple years, maybe like 2016, where it looked like, oh, they were kind of on a rise. They might be doing something. But other other than that, and then they blew the it last up. two decades. Yeah, they blew it up. Other than that, for like the last two decades, Jacksonville has been a pretty uh, mediocre, mediocre team at best. So, I mean. So, for me, it's kind of like similar situation. I'm just really not even evaluating these guys until I see who they get drafted by. Then I can get like an idea of like, okay, I can see this fitting. Because really, to be honest, I mean, I, you can, I mean, to be honest, all four of those guys are pretty good enough that you can really talk yourself into any of them. Like I can, you know, we can sit here and be like, well, you know, there's these things about Mac Jones I really do love. You know what I mean? And like, even as much as like he's my least favorite prospect of the four, I can still, you can talk yourself into it, you know? So I, I don't know how you feel about that, but yeah, so the quarterback thing is just going to be super, super interesting to see how it falls. But I'm interested in some of the skill positions. Are you kind of like one of those? Do you just jumble all the receivers together, like Jamar Chase, Smith, Waddle, and then like, and then you throw the Kyle Pitts thing? Or are you just kind of looking at one guy as just like he's a clear cut and that's about it? Oh, clear cut. I think Kyle Pitts. So like, I think he's just clear cut. He's a dude. Yeah. Like he has the size, he has the athleticism, he has the ability to catch the ball. I mean, he's not a tight end with brick hands. The dude can catch. He has speed. I mean, I think he's going to, depending on where he goes, he might honestly have the best career out of anybody drafted. In the entire draft, quarterback. Yes, and, and then I'm talking mm-hmm. about Trevor Lawrence, all of those guys. I think he could have, I mean, uh, he could be as good as a Shannon Sharp or Tony Gonzalez, maybe a Rob Gronkowski. And wow. when I, I know people, just talk, I know people going to fight back. Rob Gronkowski <laughs> went to, be, um, paired with the greatest quarterback of all time. So, obviously, you know, that's probably not going to happen. Situation helped, yeah. Yeah, the situation helped. But I'm saying, as far as one-on-one talent, I think he has the same ability or the ceiling to reach that level. Yeah, he reminds me of Keller Winslow Jr. a lot from the Hurricanes. Like, that, I, that he just reminds me of that so much. Um, yeah, I like that. That's a good comp. Yeah, so, like, he just – I remember – and obviously being a Hurricanes fan, like, growing up watching him, for the kids who don't know, just use YouTube. And – he literally reminds me of that athletic. And if Kellen Winslow Jr. didn't have all the off-the-field issues, I think he would have been what you'd see Kyle Pitts going to be. So, yeah. I, so, man, obviously I've been on the Jamar Chase train for really since the national championship game last year. I've done, I'm, a, I'm a Jamar Chase guy. Like, you know, obviously my Dolphins are picking that six. I want Jamar Chase. I want Jamar Chase. But it, and I, 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 but I, I, when I saw Pitts, man, I wasn't even so in college, but like, I, I just felt like I've got to talk to myself into it over the past like few months. I'm like, yeah, I can see Pitts, but, not at this point. They've talked about it so much that he's not even going to fall to six. So, oh no, he's not falling. So, if, if if by some reason he falls to six, I mean, yeah, that's a miracle, and we'll take him. But I'm happy to get Jamar Chase and keep the Dolphins moving. We got two first round picks. I'm excited to see what we do, you know, to fill it up there. Um, I got some sleepers in the draft that 
I like, I mean, obviously, like, I like Najee Harris from Alabama and things like that. But there's a guy. He a sleeper? He's not a sleeper. But there's a guy oh, from, one of the guys, my actual favorite guy from University of Florida, speaking of cop pits, is actually Cardarius Tony. He's a guy that I think if he goes to the right situation, is going to be like a speedster. One of those guys that's just going to be dynamic and, like, a game-changing kind of, I, I really don't like to do the Tyreek Hill thing because he's just like a one of one. No, but, yeah, let's not do that. Yeah, I don't want to do that. But when you think speedster, I mean, that just comes to your head. But like, he's one of those guys uh, for me. So just those are some guys I would say just some names to keep an eye out for. Obviously, Jalen Phillips is a first round pick from the Hurricanes. I'm going to be looking out for him. I think, oh, I will say one name though. This guy, I don't care what situation he's going to go to, this guy's going to be an all pro linebacker. The market down here. It's going to be Micah Parsons. I want the Dolphins to. I wanted the Dolphins to get Micah Parsons. I know that we have a need for weapons, but I think no matter what situation he goes to, he's going to be the best defensive player in this draft. Now let me ask you one quick question. I know you're a Dolphins fan. I did. There's some rumors going around that you guys are still looking at possibly getting another quarterback. Do you think there's any truth to that? And if so, is that a good idea? I'm just kind of curious from your vantage point. I mean, I don't think that they are. I think that the only chance that they had. It was, I think they would have considered Deshaun Watson, but obviously that has to cool off with just everything that was going on surrounding him, that you just couldn't pull the trigger on that, right? Because you don't even know when he'd be playing next. But at this point, I think the Dolphins are just not in a position where they'd want to mortgage the future, giving up a bunch of picks or doing a lot of things to get a quarterback. I think they feel like they can build the roster. And then if Tua just in a year or so is not is not where they think he should be, they can make the move and they would have a solid roster. I just think they like the idea of having Chris Greer, the GM, Rafa's. I think they like the idea of building a roster, a roster first, and the quarterback second. And again, like we've talked about, it's not like Tua played terribly. Like it's yeah, not no, no, like he, he was just like you know what I'm saying. He just is now graded on the Justin Herbert scale, which is kind of unfair because the guy had the best rookie season of any quarterback in NFL history. So he didn't. Tua didn't have that kind of season. So it's like. Yeah, but, but Joe mean, Burrow was having a good season, too, before the injury. And Joe Burrow was, too. So, you know, but, but you know, we've talked about this. Not every year quarterbacks come out and they're just playing that well. So, he just yeah. came out in a, in a funny year that that just happened. But he showed some definitely some flashes of being a good player in this league. So, now, did he show f- flashes of being a star? Maybe not. Maybe we haven't seen it yet. But I got the confidence to it. This is like Shannon Sharp has talked about. He's now going to be training instead of just doing the injury prevention thing because we were just worried about if he can hold up from that hip anyway. So, you know. But – I'm excited for the draft Thursday. We'll definitely recap it. Um, some of our favorite picks, some of our sleepers. Um, and then also, also we'll see who had a better complete draft for some teams, obviously with some late round picks too. So it's finally here. Thursday, the draft is finally here. We've talked about it for months. It's been talked about ad nauseum. It's going to be talked about ad nauseum. So I'm excited for it to happen. But I do want to shift, Trey, real quick while we have a little bit of time here. It wouldn't be us if we didn't talk NBA. Let's just call it what it is. Now, we haven't talked since the Jamal or Murray injury. So obviously it'd be obvious. We know the impact it's going to have on the nuggets. Does it change? And, and ironically, I think the last time we talked, we were talking, I was talking about the nuggets making a run. So does it change anything for you specifically in the West? Just besides the obvious, the nuggets are just probably not going to be competing for a championship this year. Um, I mean, it doesn't really change too much. Obviously I think, if you want to take a deeper dive into the Nuggets, um, it's kind of concerning for their perspective because Aaron Gordon, you have this year and next year before you have to decide if you want to pay him more. Obviously, you know, Jokic, he's going to command a big contract. Do you want to give – Murray already has, you know, he's going to have a big contract. 
So then mm-hmm. it's like, do you want to pay Aaron Gordon this um this money, or do you well, just want to let him go? Or well, you tell you me you're the Magic pass- fan, so you you've had enough experience with Aaron Gordon. He wasn't a number one guy, but I mean, with Denver, he's probably like the third or fourth guy. He's, I would say the fourth guy because he's probably behind Michael Porter Jr. To be honest with you, right. So I don't think that's bad for. I think that's a good spot for him. And for what little I've seen of Denver, he looks like he's really transitioning to being that third or fourth guy really well. Right. The issue is going to be though, is how much money is the third or fourth guy worth? Mm. Because you got to think about it. You already paying Jokic. You're going to be paying. I mean, you already paying Murray, Jokic, Michael Porter. Are you not going to pay him? Because I mean, the dude deserves to get paid. Obviously, you know he has a little bit of injury history, so he kind of gets. Do you want to pay him, or do you just want to let him walk? But I mean, I don't think you would do that. So I think, you know, just we'll say that topic for uh, another day. But I think for from Denver's perspective, um, if you look at a deeper dive, it's kind of concerning not for this year, but for next year as well. But as far as the um, totality in the West, I don't think it really changes too much. I think um, the West still is going to be either a the Lakers. Or the Clippers. Uh, that's kind of how I looked at it from the beginning of the season. I know you. You still riding and... with the Lakers? Yeah. After I mean, all this, they haven't looked bad. They just look like they had missing people. But we already know one star's com. His comeback. I mean, he's only played two games, but his comeback in limited minutes. And the other star, he might be coming back in a week from now. LeBron. So I mean, I'm not too concerned. No. I know last time we discussed if you you were that concerned even if they were a lower seed. So no. I, I just I just think that's I just think it's crazy. Like they're just and I think the Suns are a year early. So I think they're a year early in the process, but I mean the Clippers look good. They got a point guard now. But they look good last year. They didn't have a point guard last year though. I mean fair. they didn't, but I mean I mean are we gonna I mean how much are we gonna rely on Rondo at this point? In this stage hey, of career. hey, you don't got to convince me. I'm not a Ray John Rondo fan. I have not liked him since he was messing around with D-Wade on that ground. So I'm going <laughs> to tell you this right now. That playoff Rondo thing is real, though. That is oh, no, actually I, I know real. what I saw it firsthand last year, but I'm just saying, like, it's not just about Rondo because Paul George, even though they didn't have a point guard last year, he didn't play no, that well. No, the Paul Kawhi George thing is, the Paul George playoff thing is overblown, first off. No, but it's real. It might be overblown, but it's real. It's not really real. Okay, when you actually break down the numbers, first of all, Paul George's entire Indiana career, he was balling in the playoffs. Obviously, you know what he did when he played with the Heat. Sorry, not his entire Indiana career. The last year he was in Indiana that he made the playoffs, yeah, he didn't play well. He missed the the game-winning shot in OKC or whatever. Not in OKC, like when they played. Didn't they they play OKC? No, they played someone in the playoffs. Indiana played someone his last year in the playoffs. I can't remember. And I remember he was complaining about not taking the last shot and all that. Right, yeah, yeah. I forgot who they played, but. That was when the struggle started. But, like, that entire first hand, like, well, like let's call it when he wasn't even PG-13, when he was PG-24, wearing 24, he had played well in the playoffs. He would even played well but, in a lot of the games in the see. But, just, see, no, I'm not saying he's a bad he playoff player. One time I'm just saying. Like, no, 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 I'm not saying he's a bad playoff player, player, but I'm saying if he's the second guy on your team, he does have to play a little bit better in the playoffs. If he's well, my thing second, is, I, I get that. He does have to play better, but I don't think there's enough reason for us to believe that he wouldn't. Like we don't have enough evidence besides he just hit the side of the backboard. Besides the entire team, I remember he didn't play even when he was in OKC the year before. It wasn't like he had a great playoff run when Dame. Well, he had the shoulder. He had the shoulder injuries. Yeah, but yeah, he didn't. He had a surgery after um in offseason, but it wasn't like he had a great playoff run. So the last two years haven't been great. So I mean, that's kind of what I'm going off of. Yeah, but I feel like his situation is a little different from like a you know like I think Kyle Lowry's things were justified 
well, like he had just perpetually been terrible in the playoffs. And then like, he finally broke through with the, with the championship. So yeah, but I, I see what you're saying. I just think that the Clippers, Paul George kind of healthy, but you know, the Clippers are, the Clippers are the bucks. It's basically like, we don't care what they do in the regular season. You, you know, you ever noticed that? Like no one talks about like they're winning games. No one talks about but for good reason on. though. No good reason. You're right. I mean, the Bucks, by the way, and this is I'm obviously a little off topic, but the Bucks, they look really good, obviously, as they usually do. But I think the Drew Holiday thing is real. Like what they have in Drew Holiday, that makes a big difference. Now, I think he's what do you get paid? Like 160 million, something crazy. I don't know if he's yeah. that, but he's a lot better than Eric Bledsoe, and he makes a big difference. Obviously, defensively, he's probably the best you know what? defender in the league. PJ Tucker, the addition of PJ Tucker hitting corner threes, and my boy, Chris Middleton, aka Devin Booker is going to be balling again. So I, I think they got a chance. Yeah, yeah, they I have know. a chance because, I mean, they match up well against the Nets. I mean, if you want to have somebody that's going to guard KD, Giannis is going to do as good as anybody in the league. I'm not saying he's going to stop him, but he's going to do just as good a job as anybody. If I want to have somebody that's guarding hard and for all the plaque that I give Chris Middleton, he's going to do just as well as anybody in the league can. Yeah, he's Probably a really other than Clay Thompson, then a, then a healthy Clay Thompson, and then Drew Holiday guarding Kyrie, of course. Like I said, all three of these are great offensive players, but Drew Holiday is going to do just as well as by anybody in the league is stopping Kyrie Irving. So they match up well against them. Mm-hmm. And they can score. They can actually put pressure on those guys and score on them, though, to be fair. And they can, yeah. All, all three of them can score. They're all um, triple threat threats. So, I mean, I it's think for, they have... A- yeah, for them, it's going to come down to the paint, though. I mean, can Giannis hit some free throws? That type of situation, I think, when you when you talk about a series, right? I mean, with, with those, with Giannis and, and with the bigs, because the Nets weakness, and I know we're now in the Eastern Conference, but the next weakness is literally guarding inside the paint. Obviously, defensively, they have issues, but especially interior defensively, because they don't really have like a, I mean, DeAndre Jordan, he's like kind of a shell of himself at this point. Yeah, and does it help that they lost LaMarcus Rodgers either? I mean, I know, obviously, no, he wasn't a, a huge, yeah. you know, paint defender, but I mean, still being at 6'11 with his wingspan, you know, it still brought kind of height and size into the paint and mm-hmm. his ability to space the floor would be missed. Um, Blake Griffin, obviously, you know, he's been playing a little bit better, but um, he's not going to give you a lot of bit of, I mean, a lot of paint defense or presence. Yeah, I'm telling you, I said, I told you this in the beginning of the season and the, on the pod, they're just going to start running KD at the five in these games. I'm telling you at this Wait, point, KD, KD can barely stay healthy now. So, you know, you can't have him run at the five. Well, okay. Well, KD can run the five when they play the Greek freak, because they'll probably just run the Greek freak at the five anyway. See, but I don't do it. See, in, in small is, is the Greek freak lineup. too big for KD? I know we're getting, I know we're getting kind of off topic, but is he too kind of imposing for KD? Because KD's like, been getting hurt a lot this year, like physically. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if I want KD going against somebody big that's going to be banging up against him because KD's been getting hurt a lot this year. Oh, you don't? No, 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 no. Let me get this clear. If you're Steve Nash and the Nets and that staff, no, you do not want though that smoke. But what is your other option? Late in the game, because yeah, I don't, I don't know what the other option would be. What's you going to put DeAndre Jordan? Like you now he's like that's like so I mean there's not really like a bunch of options you can go to, and Maybe KD's probably your better. Not Trey. I'm just saying, like I just don't want KD getting hurt because the issue is Trey. if KD gets hurt, your season is over with. You gonna try block a Griffin on the Greek freak? Come <laughs> what on you now, <laughs> that's who you go. Come on now, you that he wasn't playing defense when he was when he was healthy in 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 uh the, with the Clippers. Now he's barely a shell of himself just because he done got a few dunks in Brooklyn. He is not I, guarding anything. I guess I would just tell Blake if I was him, like, hey, can you 
at least just kind of play off of him, let him get all the jump shots he wants, all the mid range he wants. And we didn't his. even talk about Philly. What are they going to do with Embiid? They might as well just let oh him no, they can't 50. do nothing with him. Yeah, they might as well just let him. First of all, oh, I I want to say this. I don't have the stat for this, but can you tell me another player in the NBA that falls more than Joel Embiid on the ground in a game? I I don't know one. No, like, no, he think yeah, about yeah, it. He, he's not even a guard, and he falls on the ground more than a maybe Kyle Lowry. I just thought of one. I just thought of one. Kyle Lowry falls on the ground a lot in a game. But Joel yeah, but, Embiid just falls on the ground. And it's like, but it's scarier when Joel Embiid falls on the ground for obvious reasons because of his injury history, as opposed to like Kyle Lowry. And the seven footer <laughs> falling on the ground, it's like a tree falling in the forest. But, but I mean, he's been doing a decent job of staying healthy this year. I know he's missed by 18 or 19 games, but I mean, it, he hasn't suffered any, I guess, how term it, serious injuries this year. I, this is what I want everybody to do. You're 21 or older, and you're watching basketball. Playoffs, regular season. Go ahead and watch a Philly game, and grab your favorite beverage, and take a drink for no, every time. No, 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 no. Joel no. MB falls on the ground in the game. Yeah, uh, he did. <laughs> like, he falls on the ground. It's incredible. And it's like I cringe, and I'm not even a Philly fan, and like a part of that at all. And I, so I can't even imagine like. Who's the GM? Daryl Morey or and Doc Rivers or whatever. I can't imagine how they feel. Like, you know what I mean? Like that is like crazy. Like he just falls on the ground. So, by the way, what's up with the Ben Simmons thing? Because oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. I just actually thought of something. Forget, forget any of that. Forget any of that. I'm gonna sit here and make my case right now for defensive player of the year. First, first off, before I even make my case, you tell me who your defensive player of the year is, or at least on your short list right now. I know I'm just putting you on the spot. Okay. Rudy Gobert has had a pretty good start. Utah has been pretty good. Okay. But, I mean, he's won like two or three times in a row. So. I'm never voting for Rudy Gobert in anything, period. Yeah, I, I he, He's the one we, we got. He gave us, you know, he gave us COVID, and I'm not voting for Rudy <laughs> Gobert. So, no. I'm trying to think. Is anybody else that we give it to? Ben Simmons, Embiid. Those are the, na- those are the names I've thrown around. Embiid just hasn't played enough, but Ben Simmons, yeah, I can go with that one. Okay. Defense player of the year, without a die, is banned this year. Without a doubt, Bam out of bias, defensive player of the year. Bam, he's seven of, seed, seven, seven seed in the East. That seven. does not matter for defensive player of the year as a <laughs> MVP. I mean, it does a little bit, but like, I know what you mean. I mean, I'm about to say, like, I'm just saying that they really are teetering towards like the AC. He blocks shots, he gets steals. He's when people say he can guard all five positions, like, you know, obviously we've had this argument. Like, and they're like, oh, LeBron, he can guard all five positions. No, he can't. LeBron is not guarding any centers. Like, that does not exist. But so like no, he used to be that. able to guard off. No, no, he did not. No, he did yeah. not. No, no, no. When, he I, when did I mean not. all five, little hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. No, you definitely do this. He could guard him for like a player or two. No. Yes. Not a real, not a real center. Not a real center. Not not. What's, not, a, what's no, a real no. center? What's a, what's, okay, what's a real so, center? So I'll break this down for you. Not that hybrid cute stuff when they put like really a pop. Like you, you know, but that's all you have now. Wait, wait, hold you on. You just hold said he go run this, KD at center. This, so that's all you have. You just actually mentioned this guy earlier. You know what a hybrid center would have been when LeBron was guarding him? They're like, oh, he switched on to Blake Griffin. Like, no, that's not that's not a real center. But I mean, what, what's a real center? Because that's all you see today. Oh, I'm talking about, and I know these guys are elite, but I'm talking about Embiid, Jokic, and I'm not saying anybody can guard them. I'm just saying, yeah, but everybody say no, nobody can guard. I'm just saying they're guys. Brooke Lopez, like real centers, Nurkic, and I guess real centers. Like okay. real life centers. That's what I mean. Get your like, point, because you can get me stuck in yeah. all day. <laughs> so get your point. So when people say that guys are not actually guarding one through the five, Bam Adebayo is one of maybe three guys in the entire NBA that is can actually guard and has guarded one through five 
successfully. Like you can't, they don't call him to just go get switches and like he's going to guard James Harden, Kyrie Irving, whatever guard you want to, you know, to the best of your ability. They're great offensive players. I'm saying, but he's guarding one through the five. He's blocking shots. He part of, and you know what the, he's blocking shots. He's getting steals, but you know what the, one of the most underrated points of the defensive player of the years is you got to get defensive rebounds. The possession don't end until you get the rebound. And bam out of bounds. So then why, why is Miami so bad? Now, now, I'm not saying this is his fault. I'm just asking a question. Wow, why are we so bad? That's crazy. No, first of all, we're not that bad. We've, we've got, not, okay, not so bad. Why Why y'all? Worse than what we were. I get it. We have been hit terribly by COVID. And I don't want to make the excuses. Oh, no, 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 no. I don't want to make the excuses. But I'm just going to I'm gonna lay it out what it is. I'm going to lay it out what it is. We played later into the bubble, us and the Lakers, more than anybody else. So we had less rest than anybody else. Our Jimmy Butler came out looking extra frail after he came. Had, he had COVID. He missed. He's missed 16 games, Trey. It might be 17 at this point. Okay, Tyler, but LeBron and Anthony Davis have missed a lot of games with the Lakers, and they're in the West, and they're playing a little bit better than y'all guys. Well, I'm saying we've played better as of late, like in the past month or so. But I'm saying we got we we started off so terribly, so it was just kind of hard to catch up. Like we normally wouldn't have that bad of a start. Jimmy Butler missed games. Tyler had neck injuries. He had COVID. I mean, Goran Dragic has missed games. All oh yeah, what about an article I sent you? Could it, everybody, this um, there's some speculation that the Miami Heat organization is kind of disappointing Tyler Hero because they say he's becoming too much of a let's say off the court celebrity. Fake news. Okay. Yeah, like, like, like exactly like I told you before, that is fake news. Nobody is saying that if he is balling, that is fake news. Oh yeah, yeah nobody is saying that if he's balling, but the issue is he's not. So now people are trying to figure out what that might be. I don't think you might have not heard me. COVID has ran ravaged through the Miami Heat more than any Tyler had NBA. COVID? Yes, he, he was. Oh, okay. So let me, I don't know if he had specifically COVID, but he missed, you know, the COVID tracing. I don't you okay. know. I can't. I don't know that. Jimmy Butler actually had COVID. But like, yeah, yeah. We know Jimmy. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, well, yeah, you can tell when he came back. But, like, Tyler Hero, and he's just not played well. Like, I'm, just, I'm not making an excuse for that. He just actually has not shot the ball well. Like, he's shooting, like, 33% from three for, which a guy who we know is a good shooter. It's just very odd. So he just hasn't played well. He had a neck injury. Just it just was a bad. Remember, guys didn't get a lot of rest. It's just a lot of things. It was just kind of hard to get stuff together. Then you get the Victor Oladipo thing. So you know rotation oh, yeah. was tough. Then we lose Victor Oladipo. So now you got to come back in. The only you know, guy, I forgot Victor was on your team. Right. Yeah, I did. For I forgot too, and I I miss him because because <laughs> what he was doing. Because def- Trey, to be honest, when we first got him, we that's when we kind of started rolling. We got him. You could like we can clamp up on defense and do our thing. And he was just starting to play well, and then he had the injury. And I, I mean, he's gonna be a whole different pod that we're gonna have to talk about what what's gonna have to happen with him because we'll see this offseason. Because if he doesn't play the rest of the year, it's gonna get real interesting. I was about to say, is he even coming back this year? Like, is he? Oh, it's, it's been so it's been so hush. Like you don't hear anything about it. Like nothing comes out. Like they don't say. He's just like he's hurt, but no one says like what it is. Which to me, when that happens, it's very like worrisome. Like that's okay. when it, that's when it starts getting scary. But yeah, we've been hit hard. Like, we've been hit hard, I got to be honest. But there's no excuses. We've had some bad losses. When we play the Charlotte Hornets, Malik Monk acts like he's Michael Jordan when he plays against us. Everyone just gives us their best shot. But it's the East. We're going to make our little run. It's not over yet. You know, everything that the Hawks and the Knicks are doing. New York, we're here. I hear you, Julius Randle. But we'll be here when it's playoff time when you play the Heat. Because New York wasn't here when you, every time you play the Heat. So, we'll see in the playoffs. We, You know, we're going to be in a tough spot, though. We got to get out that six, seven, eight. Because you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't play the three big dogs in the East. You can't play the, because you, you, let's just call it with it. You know, I'm never going to say we're going to lose, but you can't play the big three dogs. You can't play no, the big dogs. No, it's not a good dogs. situation to be yeah, in. Yeah, it's just not, you got to get to the four and five. 
and run into Atlanta or something and then just run it from there. So, but yeah, man, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see how we finish season one. We got 10 games left. Maybe like 11, yeah, maybe 10, 10 games. games. Left. I think the playoff starts in May 16th, if I'm not mistaken. So finally, I'm so excited. Boston's making the run. A lot of teams are doing different things. Oh, quick thing before we get out of here. MVP update. Who you got? Oh, Jokic. As of right I, mean, now, I know the season's not over. But as of yeah, I just go today. with Jokic. And I'm just going to keep it quick. Uh, Jokic, I mean, nobody else will really pick from. I mean, MB just hasn't played enough. He's played well. But at this point... He's LeBron is still playing more games than Embiid, and I think that's kind of ridiculous. So, LeBron and B Harden, they're all out of just because they've been they haven't played enough games. And Damian Lillard, he just hasn't looked at, um, like himself after coming back from that knee injury. So, I think he's just Jokic. He's just the last one standing. I'm gonna go. Obviously, my pick is Lillard, so I, I'm pulling for Lillard. Like I want him to drop 50 in every game and, and make it do a, do a Curry impersonation. And I'm sure you're not picking Curry for MVP, just his team is not good enough. Yeah. But I'm going Embiid. And I know he missed a bunch of games, but I think in a weird year like this, I think it could kind of like work in his favor where everyone could just chalk it up to like, oh, it was that COVID year and one of those situations. So it's just like a very weird, weird year. And I think, I just think he's been on when on the court. I know it's like terrible to say, but I think he's been a slightly better player like i just think he's or sorry sorry no sorry not better player i think he's been the more dominant player when i mean i wouldn't be mad at the choice i mean i was just stating my reason for not picking him but i mean like you said honestly it's kind of a weird year there's no really person that's just leading the race Mm -hmm. it's just kind of like we have two or three candidates as it's kind of like we have nobody else left so He's got some. Somebody got to get it. Like somebody, yeah, somebody has to get it. It's kind of one of those years. Like, just, oh, somebody has to win the MVP. So, here we go. Yep. Uh, yeah, man. But that's a wrap. Uh, everybody, thank you so much. We can't thank you enough for tuning in. Um, Trey, thank you for sharing your thoughts on the George Floyd situation and everything going on there. Um, next week, we'll, we got a bunch of good stuff coming for you guys. We'll recap the draft, of course. NBA talk. You know, we'll get it'll be close to playoff time. So we'll definitely gonna give you guys some predictions and things like that we got going on. Um, thank you for, so so much for joining us. Like and subscribe. We're on Twitter, we're on Instagram, anywhere you can follow us. Obviously, you know, give us any feedback you guys need. We always appreciate it. We we take it very seriously. Trey, closing thoughts for you. Um, I just want to thank everybody again for the continued support. Um, if you have any suggestions or any thoughts, you know, feel free to reach out to me and Nolan. But uh we are very thankful for um you guys' support. Absolutely. And until next time, we appreciate you guys. See you soon.